I'm your host, Tristan Jones, and I haven't made one of these in a while, so uh, it's going to kind of be a feeling thing. Of course, the first one was a feeling thing because it was the first episode, but we are going to kind of go with the flow here. The first thing I want to say is just a quick recap of the uh, end of the NFL season. My favorite team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, won the Super Bowl, so that was a huge and awesome thing for me. It was very fun to be a part of that. Uh, In the Tampa area, I don't live in Tampa, but being in that atmosphere, I'm very close. Um, Everyone was very excited. Uh, I haven't felt the love of football here ever like this, Uh, so it's really nice to have that. Um, And, yeah, it's... Uh, never, never, I wasn't alive for the 2002 Super Bowl, uh, so I've never experienced anything like this. Um, I think that the Bucks have a chance to also be really good next year, it's just a question of if they can keep their people. We can get into that stuff in a different episode, that might be in a free agency episode or something like that, but in today's episode, we are going to talk about the draft, as I have put together a mock draft that I believe, uh, represents my views on what teams should do and where I kind of think some of these prospects should go. And I hope I don't have too many hot takes. I uh, I don't want to be a hot take guy. That's not what I'm interested in doing. I'm more interested in just evaluating these players to what I, I think is my best ability and then um, picking. And I don't think I'm... I, I hate when people just say, oh, I'm predicting, or oh, I'm doing what I would do, because I think no matter what, you're kind of, you mix those two things together. Uh, I'm not just predicting, and I'm not just saying what I would do in this mock draft. Um, I'm kind of mixing the two. I am going to try to incorporate what I think will happen and what I think I would do to create what is the best draft pick for the team, I, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm really excited for this. I don't know how long this will go. I'm going to try to explain every pick. Uh, I did not do trades because it it can get really complicated, um, trying to explain why a team would. I will say what teams I think should trade out of their pick, um, and my reasoning why. But, uh, let's, let's start this. Um, and I think the first overall pick is no question Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that this is probably going to be like the past couple years where we really won't have to think about it. You know, maybe, uh, when Kyle, Kyler Murray was picked first, it was kind of obvious. Maybe we thought someone else, but it was kind of written in stone Kyler Murray just based off of what we were hearing. Joe Burrow last year was no question Joe Burrow. Uh, maybe you had a few people saying it should be Chase Young, but I really don't think it was too loud of a buzz saying that it should be Chase Young. So uh, I think this year will be no different. I don't know who else the Jags would take. You know, maybe they trade down. Maybe they're super high on Zach Wilson, as apparently some teams in the NFL rate him higher. I don't know if those some teams are just the Jets trying to drive a bargain or something. No matter what, I think they pick Trevor Lawrence here. I don't think you have to question it. Now, the Jets is where I feel like I may differ with some people on this one. Um, It seems like a lot of people are... uh, This is a very split topic, to say the least. Um, Some people believe it is completely the end of Sam Darnold time, and some people believe that there is salvageableness in there. And it, it seems like a lot of the league believes that there is something to be salvaged there with Sam Darnold. And, um... It just so happens I'm one of those people. Now, in this draft, because I did not do trades, I did go ahead and select them Zach Wilson. Now, if there were trades, I would 100%, if I were the Jets, trade out of this pick. If they're not trading out, I don't I don't see anywhere else to go. I don't think it's worth it for them to go anywhere else. I, I don't think spending the pick on a receiver makes enough sense for them because... Then you're going to get scary with, like, if Sam Darnold performs well next year and you took, like, a Jamar Chase or 
a Jalen Waddle or a Devontae Smith, one of the three top receivers, and they have a great year, like a Justin Jefferson type rookie year, which I don't think that'll happen for any of them, but if it did, uh, you would have that as like a, oh, well, he played real good, but he had this really good rookie receiver. Is that why he played good? And, you know, I would be worried about that. So if we're not going to trade out of that pick, I think we take Zach Wilson. Now, one thing I would keep in mind is it is not always easy to trade out of top three picks historically. It's happened, but it seems like it's hard for teams to find deals that they feel comfortable with to trade out of the top three. So, you know, there is an argument for Penny Sewell for them. I, I don't know, though. Uh, I don't know if he he would be worth it. I think that O line, at least on the tackle position, is 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 not worth it to take Penesul. You know, uh, you you already have some young talent there. Uh, you just took a Mackay Becton last year, and he looked really good. So I would not. I would not take Penny Sewell. Now, if they did, it would just be bulking up their line. He could probably play guard, whatever. But I would trade out. The amount of draft capital you could get for the second pick in the draft would be insane. But again, in this mock draft, no trades. I'm going to go Zach Wilson. Now, the Dolphins is one where there is also some back and forth on this pick. Some people believe it should be Penny Sewell. Some people believe it should be a receiver. In my opinion, the Dolphins' O-line last season was good enough. And so, um, would it shock me if they took Penesol? No way. He could play tackle or guard. I am one of the people who believes that if he, day one, he will be a very good tackle. Like a, or not, uh, sorry, a very good guard. Like one of the better guards in the league day one if he starts at guard. Tackle, he may be more a little developmental, but I think he'll get there. Um... So, he he's going to play either guard or tackle for some team. Uh, I think the higher upside is at tackle, uh, just because tackle is a more volatile position than guard. It's more important. But I think for the Dolphins, they need a receiver who is not just a jump ball guy. Because if you look back at it, Tua, uh, I just don't think he is the type of quarterback who's going to do well with jump ball receivers. Uh, I think that he needs guys who can separate, who can, um, you know, get DBs away from them, get away, make separation. Uh, and that might not just be in speed. That just may be in their route running uh, scheme, whatever. I, I think that... Uh, Jamar Chase is perfect here. Now, some people may say Jalen Waddle or uh, Devontae Smith simply because you want to pair him with one of his Bama guys. I don't know how much that matters. Um, uh, maybe uh, that would happen. Maybe Tua would argue for that. But I don't. I don't know. Jamar Chase is my number one receiver in this class, and. It, you know, if there was some, I'm sure, I mean, I know many people, you know, have it differently. Everyone kind of has the top receivers in their draft differently because they are so close and all so good. Now, here's one where I may ruffle a few feathers. With the Atlanta Falcons pick, I went ahead and I took Trey Lance. Now, uh, before anyone goes crazy or anything like that, Here's my explanation for taking Trey Lance with the fourth overall pick. Uh, now, this is also this is obviously taking Trey Lance in contrary to Justin Fields uh, with the fourth pick. Now, this is off also operating under the idea that the Falcons are ready to, in the very near future, move on from Matt Ryan. And I operated under the idea that they are. Now, I 100% think they should. I think that Matt Ryan's time is dwindling. I think he did not play too uh, a high... He did not play at a very high level at all last season. 
Um, uh, a lot of his stats were kind of, you know, uh, stat patty. I hate using that term. Kind of like didn't matter type stats. Um, but, but I I think that Matt Ryan has about a year or two left in the tank. And I personally believe that it, if they're going to sit the quarterback that they take it for, it makes more sense for the Falcons to take Trey Lance at four than it does Justin Fields. I think one to two years under Matt Ryan sitting on the bench is going to be- benefit Trey Lance a wide margin more then it would benefit Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields is raw as well, but I think he's more ready to be a starter now. Trey Lance is just so much talent and upside base of a prospect. Now, I think a lot of Trey Lance surging up boards very well could be um, from the fact that uh, Josh Allen just had his breakout season, and Trey Lance has so many Josh Allen-like features to his game. He has a cannon for an arm. He has very good mobility. And, you know, he seems like a strong football guy. Now, I think that he is just unpolished. And he has some things in his game that need to be worked on. I think that he played in a conference where a lot of his targets were very open and that was reflected in some of his stats that were very crazy with the no interceptions and such and um, that is why I think the Falcons should go Trey Lance now if they win Justin Fields what whatever I'm not freaked out about it I think Trey Lance or Justin Fields is a great pick for the Falcons here I would worry if they like go you know I would consider reaching for either any of the top corners at four. It would be reaching for any edge rusher, in my opinion. Even, it would be a reach for Mika Parsons. Uh, Penny Sewell would not be a reach, but I don't see the need or making sense there. I don't think you're picking this high again if you're the Falcons anytime recently. And you don't want to be put in a position where you have to trade up or anything like that. So I'm just going to stay away from that. The Bengals are going to go Penny Sewell. I think it's amazing that he falls to them. If he doesn't, you know, I think their backup option will be Jamar Chase because I think if if Penny Sewell doesn't fall to them, it will be because the Dolphins took him. So uh, that will probably leave Jamar Chase open to them. That's kind of their secondary option. Um, <clears throat> moving on, the Eagles. Uh, a lot of people want to take a quarterback here. I am not one of those people. I am I am a Justin Fields truther. Probably to my downfall sometimes. I believe in him a little too much. Uh, maybe sometimes. Uh, and I think that they need to get him some weapons. Right now you look at the roster. Their weapons are okay. They just recently released Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, but I believe that they're the ultimate weapon in this draft class, better than even Jamar Chase. Uh, the ultimate weapon in this class is Kyle Pitts, and that's in the end of the day where I went. And Kyle Pitts makes sense even if they move away from Zach Ertz, even or if they don't move away from Zach Ertz, even if they end up having to keep Zach Ertz or wanting to keep Zach Ertz, whatever it is. I'm not a hundred percent sure where they stand with that. I kind of thought that if he was going to be dealt, he would have been dealt at that Wentz trade. And there's no, still nothing against him going to Indianapolis there. Um, but I think Kyle Pitts is the ultimate weapon, and the Eagles need explosiveness on offense. And, you know, they need defensive help, but I don't know where you go with the six picks for defense. This defensive class is very good. It's just there's no guy that I see going very high, you know, like, in the top five or anything. There's no, like, crazy good edge rusher, you know, that that's, like, a must-have in the top five like we've had in the past few seasons. That's just not there this year. Um, so it, it's definitely going to be interesting. 
So, that's the Eagles. That's why I take Kyle Pitts. And I, I'm, again, a huge Jalen Hurts believer. Probably uh, to the point of being a bad thing. Um, next up on the clock is the Detroit Lions. And I think here you uh, go Devontae Smith. Um, Devontae Smith is an explosive player who is fast. Um, he can do great things. Just, he's not just a straight line guy, you know, uh, he's quick. He's elusive. Um, I almost feel like I'm just saying fast in a lot of different ways. Um, but, you know, the one thing that may stop him from going this high would be if there is some something that teams see with his his um his frame and that's a question that I had originally watching him is is uh Devonte Smith's frame gonna stop him from being a top pick like he maybe would be uh and and I just don't think so I think we are in a time where players are protected enough I don't I I don't know maybe an old school team like the Lions or whatever mindset they're going in, the hard-headedness is not going to want a guy like that. But I think if they're making what the best pick for their team is, is Devontae Smith. I think that I'm not predicting this. Um, and a guy I respect a lot said this recently, and I was saying it a little bit, but he kind of really reinforced it for me and kind of made me think about it more. Uh, that franchise guy said that he <clears throat> really wonders, and it's an interesting situation to see if Jared Goff um, actually ends up using this situation for good and using it as his ad uh, adversity to become better, like every great quarterback has had at one point. Uh, and I... I think he's going to need help to do that. There, I don't think there's any way they keep get Galladay, let alone Galladay and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones has already said he wants to go to a contending team. He will not be back in Detroit. Uh, and Kenny Galladay, I just don't see them being able to bring him back. Uh, so that is why I think they got to go Devontae Smith because that would leave a huge hole at receiver for the Lions. So the next pick... Moving on here is, I think, pretty easy. I think uh, since he fell to them, I think the Panthers would be ecstatic to take Justin Fields here. Uh, uh, I think that Fields, although he has some question marks, um, I think that he'll be a uh, high-end starter in the NFL. I think that, you know, the whole he needs a better processor, he sticks on his first read a little too long thing, does scare me a little bit. I see that almost, like, too much when I watch him. Uh, so that does worry me. I do think the Panthers are, like, too quickly getting in their win-now mode. Like, aggressively targeting Deshaun Watson. We're hearing about the wanting to trade. Christian McCaffrey for that. I think they're getting a little too aggressive in this wanting to contend now thing. I think they still got a year or two, maybe. And that's enough time for Justin Fields to become really good. I don't think they need to give up all this capital and stuff to win right now. I think they they can wait it out. You know, the defense is really young. I don't... I'm not 100% sure why they are going all in right now. So, yeah, uh, I would be very hesitant. I'm kind of scared for the Panthers. You know, they're in my division. I don't really like them, but I'm kind of scared that they're being so aggressive right now. And only I'm a fan of teams being aggressive, but with the Panthers, it's kind of scaring me a little bit. <sighs> then the Broncos. Uh, I went Patrick Sertan here. They uh, they recently released A.J. Boye. I think that made a lot of sense. And I have Patrick Sertan higher than Caleb Farley. I think he's just more of a shutdown corner. You know, you worry about the speed a little bit, but I think he's just more of a shutdown corner. So, uh, yeah, that is where I went with that pick because, again, I just think he has potential to be a legitimately, 
legitimate legitimate shutdown corner in the NFL. Then you get to the Cowboys pick, and there's some options. There's still some good tackles on the board, some guys that I have pretty highly rated. Um, but I think it, it just makes enough sense for them to go Caleb Farley. Now, you worry about just getting another speed corner on the rosters. They do have a couple of those right now. But I think that Caleb Farley has enough upside for it to make sense. The only scary thing about taking him there is you worry that he's not going to be enough of an instant impact as rookie corners are often not uh, for them to really be any better with him. Now, I think they have a huge hole at corner. Uh, I I was a huge guy a couple years ago that they sh- they needed to find a way to keep Byron Jones. Now, it wasn't possible after all the stupid signings they did. Uh, I think the... Now, they won't because Jerry Jones is stubborn, but they should cut Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, it makes money sense. They actually, I, I, I'm pretty sure... I'm, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they save money if they cut Zeke. And <sighs> I think Jerry Jones's want to be great has almost hindered him uh, from being great at some points in his career, uh, specifically lately. Uh, and I, I want Jerry to get it soon, hopefully, but I, I don't know uh, if he will or not. They still got to bring back Dak, but every report is saying they're not close. He'll probably get tagged, but uh, Caleb Farley was my choice there. So then... With the 11th pick, who is the Giants, I went with Jalen Waddle, receiver out of Alabama. Now, Waddle, I don't know why. I just see him in a Giants jersey. I don't know why. Just every time I think Jalen Waddle, I think he's going to be in a Giants jersey. I don't, one way or another. Now, I think they got to get... Uh, Daniel Jones a receiver I think if they're going to run it with him one more time they got to give him a weapon and just say here you know here's here's your weapon uh, now figure it out now I like Darius Slayton and uh, Sterling Shepard uh, but I don't think he's their Jalen Waddle type upside and uh, I think that you know you can make an argument for going O-line here uh, with the Giants, but I think it's more worth it to get an instant impact receiver to really f- uh, finish your eval on Daniel Jones. Sorry, I had to get a drink of water there. Um, with the 49ers, um, I went Rashawn Slater here. Now, my impulse when I got to the 49ers was to take Mac Jones. But I think that although although it makes sense to cut Jimmy G and get a cheaper option, I think it is too risky for the 49ers to do that. I think you know what you're getting in Jimmy G. It's a quarterback who can take you to the Super Bowl. We saw that a couple years ago. And uh, I... I don't know that Mac Jones... We don't know that Mac Jones can do that. He hasn't shown that yet. He's not even been drafted yet. So, and there's too many question marks around Mac Jones' game. So, I uh, I went ahead and I went Rashawn Slater with that pick uh, to finish out their O-line. I don't know what's going to happen with them and... Um, um, I'm blanking on his name uh, Trent Williams I do not know what's going to happen with them and or with him uh, I think that I recently read that he probably is not going to be back there now I don't know the truthness to that the trueness to that uh, but uh yeah, so Rashawn Slater is what I'm going to go with there. 
Then you get to the Chargers, and uh, it's going to be back-to-back tackles here. I went on a Christian Derisaw. Uh, I think he's a really good tackle prospect who, <sighs> you know, in some other drafts, I think he would probably be the best tackle in the draft. Uh, and I, I can say the same with Rashawn Slater. It just so happens Benet Sewell is a really damn good tackle, and he, he's he's pretty high out there on a lot of boards. Um yeah, you you got to protect uh, Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers have a chance to be a really good football team next year. Like, not a championship-level team, but like a you-are-scared-to-play-them-in-the-playoffs type team. And that comes down to if they can have a good offseason in general, a good free agency, and a good draft. And in the draft, I think it starts with getting a good tackle to protect Justin Herbert. So don't be surprised if the Chargers are a sneaky kind of, you know, six or seven seed uh, that you don't want to play because they have one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. And when you have one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league, you never know what's going to happen. I don't think they'll win their division because the Chiefs are in it. But, yeah, um, that, again, will be for another time because I think I will do season predictions whenever schedules come out and all that good stuff um the vikings i also believe i could ruffle some feathers here i did say in the beginning i didn't want to be too hot takey but with pick 14 with the minnesota vikings i uh (laughs) i went christian barmore so um barmore is a freak in my opinion he is so good and I think he's getting overlooked so hard in this draft I think Christian Barmore is going to be a stud in the NFL I think that uh, he the just the idea of him going like 20 to 25 for me it's insane he I just I he pops every I don't watch a lot of college football, but every time I watch a college football game this year, which, again, it was like four, and maybe I was just tuning into the right ones for him, he was dominant. He was dominant, man. And and then I've watched some tape and highlights. I don't like just looking at highlights, but I've looked at some tape. He is in, He's just so good. And I think the Vikings need a guy like that. Um, so... Christian Barmore is what I went with for the Vikings. Then at pick 15 for the New England Patriots, uh, this is probably another one that's going to be questionable for people. I went Kadarius Tony. Now, first of all, first thing you're thinking is there is way better receivers on the board than Kadarius Tony for the Patriots. Why are we taking Kadarius Tony? Now, uh, my reasoning for this is that I think the Patriots need a guy who can create distance between him and the corner. And if there is a guy in this draft that can do that uh, at a high level, um, it is Kadarius Toney. If, if you, he's a refined route runner. If you just turn on highlights, some of the moves that this guy does, I don't know how he does them. Now, he drops passes. That would be his biggest knock, is that he drops passes. Now, that's probably why he won't go as high as I mocked him in this draft at 15. But I think that's a possibility, although he is probably just a slot guy. Uh, Julian Edelman looked like he was on his last leg last year. And this pick is also kind of banking on Nikhil Harry kind of becoming at least good, which he has not been. Uh, So that is kind of a scary thing. (sighs) But yeah, I went Kadarius Tony, the Patriots at number 15. That's figure out their quarterback thing. I don't know. Honestly, my gut feeling is that it'll be Cam again. But whatever. Moving on to the Arizona Cardinals. I almost feel like this is one of those rare cases where we can almost pencil it in, and you normally can't say that about a mid-round pick, uh, but I'm going J.C. Horn. Uh, I think 
it's a, it is a lazy pick to go J.C. Horn with the Cardinals, but it just seems like it fits. It fits like a glove, really. And they need another corner there, uh, and I think I think that's where they'll go. Now the Raiders, they need pass rush. Their pass rush is bad. If you watch sometimes this Raiders uh, uh, defense, their secondary isn't that bad. They just don't have a a pass rush to, you know, they ha- there's too much time for the quarterback to make passes. You can't cover all day. Uh, and and my top edge player in this draft is Quiddy Pay. Uh, and that is crazy that the top edge uh, in the draft is going at pick 17. But that is just this draft. Um, now, could an edge go way higher? Yeah, uh, I think... Uh, the one for me that f- happened to fall in this draft, and maybe that was because I'm an idiot, was Mika Parsons, uh, and I, uh, I think that we we on my board or in my draft we actually see him here soon. Spoiler alert. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Quiddy Pay, he is. Um, I think he is like the developmental edge player. Like, I think he has a chance to be way better than Gregory Rousseau. Um, I don't know if he's better right now, but I think his chance of how much better he can be than Gregory Rousseau makes him the better prospect in my eyes. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I, that's what I wanted to do for the Raiders. I said, get an edge, um, because a lot of their guys there are just very okay you know, I think they would probably... Nassib, I like. I like Carl Nassib, but that's all they got there. Um, then going to the Dolphins' second pick, pick 18, I went ahead and I snagged Samuel Cosme. Now, Samuel Cosme has fallen down a lot of people's boards. Like, to be in, like, a uh, bottom, you know, like, 25 to 32 pick in the first round. I still think he he has a lot of upside. Um so uh, I think that the now the Dolphins taking a tackle would require some flip-flopping around of their O-line and I'd figure that out later on for them, but I think just taking Samuel Cosme is is the move to make. Now the Washington football team they are <laughs> just blown away at this point that Mac Jones has fallen to them and they're going to take him in a heartbeat. I think they're a solid playoff team if Mac Jones falls to them. I think that they in a lot of ways are a quarterback and a second receiver away from like being almost like a not a championship contender, but almost what I said about the Chargers, but a little bit more. That defense is scary. That pass rush is something to be reckoned with. Next season, they'll have Landon Collins back. I mean, look out for the Washington football team if they get Mac Jones, and he is like a even a decent starter, because this year they didn't have a decent starter. Taylor Heineke played good in the one playoff game, but they did not have a decent starter all season. Haskins was trash, and as much as I love the Alex Smith story, he was not great. So that's just how I feel about Washington. So now, moving on to the Bears pick. They're kind of pissed right now because Mac Jones was a pick from falling to them, and this is probably maybe one of the situations where a team like the Bears would almost definitely try to trade up because of Max Jones falling. Um, and the other pick that's really popular here for the Bears, um, the Kadarius Tony was also taken a few picks earlier, five uh, picks earlier. And uh, I don't even really like the pick for K- of Kadarius Tony to the Bears. I don't think that's the type of receiver they need. So I actually went Rashad Bateman. I think he's more Allen Robinson- Maybe not as, definitely not as fast, but he's more Allen Robinson than Kadarius Tony is, and I think they're going to lose Allen Robinson. It kind of seems like they shut down talks, and 
they're both both sides are ready to move on. I think that's a bad choice for the Bears. Um, but whatever quarterback will be throwing to him, whether it's run it back with Mitch Trubisky somehow if they bring him back, whether it's we get Cam Newton somehow, whether it's you know uh, we run some voodoo magic and. Deshaun Watson wants to come play for us. Um, whatever it is um, that they end up doing, uh, th- that quarterback needs some guys to throw to. And Darnell Mooney, feel for the guy. You can literally turn on videos of just compilations of Darnell Mooney getting overthrown this past season. It's the saddest thing I've ever watched. So, get Darnell Mooney a quarterback, please. Uh, Then the Colts. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what to do for the Colts. So, I went with a luxury pick. This was also kind of an oh crap pick for me. Because I realized how much Mika Parsons was falling. And I took him here with the the Colts pick. Uh, You can argue the Colts don't need him. But I think if you're looking at him as a just hybrid defensive player that can do a lot for you, rush off the edge, be a coverage linebacker. I think he he's that. And is he a top 10 pick if we don't have all these question marks about his his character? 100%. Now, the question marks about his character are almost becoming like like not fake, but like they don't need to be that big of a deal. And that does worry me. I'm starting to think that um, like a mock draft like I'm having right now where he falls in the 20s is almost unrealistic because uh, uh, I think even if the character concerns end up being an issue, he's not falling out of the top 15. But that's just kind of how the, the dice fell in this particular draft. And for the Colts, it's like, you know, what else could we do? All the other receivers that I view as good enough uh, for this pick have kind of gone away. Uh, it's That would kind of mean that you'd hope receiver and free agency is something you're able to address because the Colts would be a huge question mark at receiver and it'd almost be putting Carson Wentz in another scenario like he was in Philadelphia with no weapons. So, uh, But I did go uh, Mika, Micah, I don't know how to pronounce it, Parsons here. So... Then moving on to the Titans, I think this is a all-too-popular mock, but I went uh, Gregory Russo to the Titans. And I think this guy, he is just a football guy. I think he's willing to put in the work to be good. And although I did say earlier that I believe that um, Russo uh, does not have the same upside as Pay, I think that he has a higher chance of being like a top edge player in the game. He is just like a damn good football guy. Like he's a football guy. Like I just watch every time I've watched him talk, he uh, just seems like he knows about football. He cares about football. He wants to be a football player. Uh, and, and he's, he's willing to get better and do what it takes to get better. And uh, that's, that's a trait that I think NFL teams will fall in love with. And I don't know if he even falls in the 20s. I could be way too long on these edges, putting Pay at 17 and Russo at 22. That could just be too low for me. They could definitely go higher, 100%. Um, that's where they fell here. Uh, the Jets, with their second pick, I went Jeremiah Owusu-Kormoa. Um, so... JOK is such a versatile guy, and the Jets at linebacker, I think that, I don't know how much CJ Mosley wants to play for the Jets. It's starting to become a question mark for me, uh, and this is not based off any reporting I've seen, it's just a feel I get. I don't know if CJ Mosley, like, wants to play football for the New York Jets, uh, and he's, you know, he was really good that year that they signed him but we haven't seen him in has it been two years now 
basically, uh, man, it's it's tough to just think that he's going to come back and be great. And there's nothing wrong with having two good linebackers. And I think JOK is such a speedy sideline to sideline linebacker that it almost isn't going to matter. Like CJ Mosley and him together, if CJ Mosley is playing at the level we've seen him play at before, it, it'll be insane. So that's my justification for JOK. Um, now, Pittsburgh. Again, another team I was very not sure what I wanted to do here. Um, but uh, I was tempted to go running back here. But I think this is too high for a running back. Um, so I went with under the assumption that they aren't going to bring back Juju, which maybe they will. I, I don't know. I could just be jumping the gun on that. Uh, I took Terrace Marshall here. I think that he, he was, I think he has a chance to be the steel receiver of this draft, like the the receiver that kind of flies under the radar and is a first-round pick in the 20s and ends up being, like, one of the best receivers from this draft. I think he has potential to be that. Um, and even if that is ending up being in the slot, I think he's he has a chance just with his, his explosiveness and stuff to be that. Um, and again, I was kind of at a loss for what to do with the Steelers pick. Now, uh, wait, before I move on. With the Steelers, you could go corner, but what are you doing? Like, my next highest rated corner is Eric Stokes. And that's like, he's like a mid-third round guy for me, right? And then it's like Asante Samuel and Calvin Johnson and... Tyson Campbell, but, you know, I don't know what else you do, but then the Jags second pick, uh, I went ahead and went another O-tackle in the first line, or in the first round, and it's Tevin Jenkins this time, uh, I think he's just a solid tackle, uh, that, you know, a team like the Jags, you got, um, Trevor Lawrence, give him a tackle, and I think Tevin Jenkins is, you know, he's in a very, like, there's a lot of good tackles in this class, so he, he kind of falls here. I think there's a chance he probably goes into the second round. Uh, uh, some people probably might feel like the first round is, is almost a reach for him, but I uh, took him 25 there with the Jacks. Now, 26 with the Browns. I almost didn't have to blink for this one. I took Aziz Ojolari. I think pairing him, he is almost the perfect partner for um, uh, Miles Garrett. I think those two working in tandem would almost be unfair. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I don't think it, you can continue to just let the D-line there just be the Miles Garrett show. So I think it makes almost too much sense to go Aziz Ojolari there. Um, then, for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, I went ahead and I went um, <clears throat> Zaven Collins. He's one of the better um, uh, linebackers in this class, just coverage-wise. That's probably going to fall in the 20s like this, later 20s. Um, I think that just from a coverage standpoint, he's going to be good. And that's something the Ravens lack. They need a, a, a linebacker that can cover like that. Um, and another guy who's just a coverage guy is Nick Bolton. And he's going to go with the next pick to the New Orleans Saints. We're probably going to have to cut Quan Alexander to make any cap. I don't know how they're going to operate the cap situation, but... That's what I think. I think they should take Nick Bolton because I don't know where else you really go. Originally, in my, in my first mock draft, like two months ago, 
I have the Saints taking Kyle Trask, and he's fallen to being like a late second, almost third round pick now. Uh, I and I don't think it's he he has any chance of being a starter in the NFL anymore. So I I think he he's a backup guy for the rest of his career. Kyle Trask. So I went Nick Bolton here for the Saints, and that's kind of a if we want to keep contending, you know, not contending, but just being decent, because I have a, almost a feeling, especially if Drew Brees doesn't retire, which it's starting to seem like he's not going to, which is scary for the Saints, um, because I don't want, I don't want to see Drew Brees go out on like a 6-10 and 10 year, which I think is a huge possibility for the Saints, um, but, yeah, Nick Bolton is a good pick. For the future, and if you want to be good right now, the Packers. As much as Packers fan want fans want this to be a receiver, uh, maybe not because I think some of them have kind of changed their mind a little bit. Uh, I went Jalen Mayfield, another O tackle in the first round here. Uh, I think that because the Packers have one of those lines where they can really shift things around if they need to, and I think adding Jalen Mayfield could probably make this. One of the best so lines in football, and that was one of the weak points in the NFC Championship game for them. So why not sure it up somehow? Because I don't know what interior lineman you take here if you're the Packers. Then I know I'm going to get some people angry with this next one with the Bills. It's going to be Najee Harris. Um, he is just a... He's such a good runner of the football. Uh, he's not... Travis Etienne, and a lot of people have Etienne as their number one running back. He's not. Uh, I I do not. I don't think Etienne is is. I think he's the second best, but I think Najee Harris is just crazy. Like, has the ability to be like a a best running back in the league eventually, type talent. And I think you take that in the first. I think the whole thing about running backs where they're not that valuable and they're such a replaceable thing is true but it's to the point where we're like undervaluing the running back position like I hear people all the time like people that I respect being like oh yeah the running back it's not even really based on skill it's based on the O-line and it's based on scheme well no <laughs> And not completely, although those things matter, a running back's skill, a running back's quickness, a running back's ability to to see the holes develop, uh, patience, uh, quickness on their feet, uh, the ability to make cuts, those are huge running back traits that not all of them have. And uh, Najee Harris has a lot of those things, so I don't know... Although I think the Saquon pick was a bad pick, I think we forget that the top five pick was used not just top five a top three pick was used on a running back just a couple of years ago um and again don't agree with that pick I'm just saying I'm just saying if Najee Harris goes super high this year let's not be s just shocked I will not rate the pick well if that happens but I, I'm just saying don't be shocked um, and then 31, we're getting to the end here, 31 is going to be Elijah Vera Tucker. If there's ever, ever, ever been a luxury pick, it's this pick for the Chiefs. They need O-line help, and that was evident in the Super Bowl. And interior O-line is uh, a spot where they could probably get better. So Elijah Vera Tucker, and again, I know they were very injured in the Super Bowl, but uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is going to go in there, and he is uh, going to help them get better there. Now, Elijah Vera Tucker could definitely go higher. He he has a lot more upside. Originally, kind of thought maybe he could play tackle. Don't think that anymore. Um, but then number 32, Jalen Phillips, is going to go to the Bucks. Um, I think Jalen Phillips doesn't get out of the first round. I think Jalen Phillips could go, like, top 20. If there's a team that is not worried about the injury stuff, um, he very well 
could go in like the top um, uh, 20 of this draft. I think if he doesn't have injury concerns, he's like a top 10 type of pick. He's probably the best edge rusher in this class. So a team, unless they take him very high, a team, if he isn't, if the injury stuff isn't a problem, is going to get a steal. If the injury stuff isn't isn't a problem, the Bucks would get a top ten type of edge rusher at pick thirty two. So that's kind of the thing for Jalen Phillips. I don't think there's any way you pass on him, like past this point, especially. So that's what I did. I think the Bucks uh, could use another pass rusher, a rotation guy, and. That is my full first round mock draft. I'm not going any farther than that. Just the first round for now. Um, I could do more in the future, but just the first round for now. So, whoa, that was loud. But, so, uh, that is going to be the end of this episode. Uh... Just going to make sure we went through all this. Yes, we did. Um, I'm going to tweet out my uh, my mock draft if anyone wants to look at it. Um, uh, just on their screen rather than hearing me talk about it. Um, uh, it'll, it'll be on my Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is uh, Spongy2. So, that is going to be it for me. I don't know why I did that like that. But yeah, that is going to be it for me. I am your host, Spongy. Follow me on, me on Twitter, at Spongy2. And I will see all of you.